Hello, I am Jennifer Lynn Purcell, aka Evertunia Butterfly, bringing to you a living with an invisible learning challenge where we will discuss the challenges and triumphs of those with NLD. I don't know if you're a new listener or not, but I would like to share with you where I get most of my articles for this podcast. I've recently learned about a nonprofit that I would really like to help. It's the NVLD Project. In addition to doing research on NVLD, and working to get it back on the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, that is the DSM, they provide support groups for those with NVLD. You can find the NVLD project at www.nvld.org. All proceeds from this podcast and the ads will go towards the NVLD project. I will include the link for this in the description of the podcast. Please go to Living with nld.com to learn more about my podcast. Also, I would like to announce that I now have created a YouTube channel for this podcast. I will post the link for this in the description for you. I would like to announce that we are going to have the seventh small Zoom meeting on June 19th from 10 a.m. Pacific time zone to 11.30 a.m. Pacific time zone. And if you want the Zoom link, please email me at livingwithinld at gmail.com or please join the small Zoom Facebook group that is connected with the uh, Living With NLD Facebook page. And I do put that link in each of the episodes for this podcast. Thank you. And I hope you enjoy the second part of Thomas's interview today. I am coming back from Sylvain and I just got home recently. So I am not feeling very energetic today. So I'm posting another interview. Thank you. Bye. Sure. Um, I would agree with you that, you know, People can, um, like you were saying, if they don't know, uh, if they don't know the definition of ADHD or other learning disabilities, they can um, maybe confuse them with NLD, and then it's hard for them to uh, properly help people who um, have NLD or who have um, ADHD or other uh, learning disabilities. Well, and I just want—I don't want to correct you, but ADHD is not a learning disability. By definition, it's a chemical imbalance, which a learning disability isn't. No amount to be rude, or no amount to be rude, but ADHD, like, so a good way to think about a learning disability is if we did an MRI scan of your head, so we saw what the inside of your brain looked like. If you have ADHD and just ADHD, your brain is gonna look completely normal. If you have NLD, we're gonna notice differences, APD, differences, et cetera. That's the one thing that seems to be consistent. That while it's an invisible disability, if we could like open your brain up or use an MRI scan, your brain will look different. That's probably a key thing to probably keep in mind. Like NLD, if, if you if your NLD diagnosis is accurate and we were to scan your brain, we would notice differences in contrast to the average, between contrast what the average brain that is scanned looks like. Okay, well you just taught me something because I didn't know that. <laughs> So that's something to really keep in mind. Like you want to, you want to call this physical damage, I guess, okay, you want to really, really, if you want to simplify, 
it is a form of damage. It's just damage that was due that that, and this, that we are guessing. These are just kind of models. This is this is this is. I mean, based on least what I read, it seems that you know as your brain is developing, um, 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 you know, um, like so one of the things they seem to find pretty consistent, and the one thing I think that might be true is people with NLD have less gray matter, something we can see in an MRI scan than people who don't have NLD. That's a huge thing. If you want a gray matter inside your brain, that's huge. But no, ADHD, okay, so clever ADHD. ADHD is a chemical imbalance. ADHD is not brain damage. ADHD doesn't, I, when, I, when I hear people talk about it, it doesn't do half of what people think it does. It, 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 basically, you have too much of one chemical and what the what basically those ADHD meds do is they is they use a different chemical to counteract that chemical. And so if it all goes well, your symptoms, most of them or all of them are resolved. NLD is not that simple. NLD is like you're literally missing gray matter in your head, possibly. Though hmm. so there could be multiple causes of NLD. We don't know because of the lack of research. Like, some of the research I've read is like 20 years old. That is bad. Really, really bad. Like, because it doesn't, doesn't take into consideration changing demographics. Like, 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 because you can't assume, let's say everyone of European descent will have the same, like all, all people, do all people of European descent have this, like they have the same types of symptoms. It, it could be different. It might not be different, but we don't know without the research. And how large is, are, are the data samples? Are they serving 20 people with NLD or 500 people with NLD. There's 20 people with NLD might give you some misleading results rather than say, you know, if you would ideally be able to find say four or 500, that's an excellent survey size. For 1% of the population, that's phenomenal. We could get something like that. Even 100 would be really nice. But that's the, you know, the problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I thank you for describing that because, um, I have a better understanding of what uh, ADHD is now. I um, didn't know it was an NLD. Um, well, like ADHD, how do I say? ADHD is like David. NLD is like Goliath. ADHD doesn't have the slingshot though. Like I might be belaying it, but it does not do half of what people think it does. When I hear parents talk about their children, like these are real symptoms, but these symptoms are not ADHD. They aren't. They just at least the literature I've read does not support that diagnosis. It's not saying you can't have ADHD. There's no rule in, in, in the sky that says you can't have NLD and ADHD at the same time. No, but too often people say, you know, I've got ADHD and clearly, well, I've got problems socializing. I can't read faces. Well, that's not ADHD, that's not what it does. So like all, all psychology basically is, is hey, look, all these symptoms keep appearing at the same time consistently. We're going to call this a disorder. Psychology is not as, it's not as a per, oh no, no, perfect, there's no, there's no such thing as a perfect science, but it's not as clearly under, it, it, the brain's very, 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 very complicated. And so we kind of say, hey, look, all these symptoms appeared at the same time. And that's why we call this NLD. We're assuming that it's mere, that, that, these, that these symptoms aren't just randomly appearing at the same time that they're being caused by something that is generated that, that is causing them to appear. So correlation versus causation. We're assuming that they are being caused by something 
rather than just being correlated. If we assumed correlation, then we wouldn't call it an NLD. We wouldn't say, we would just say these are isolated events versus them being caused or by a series of causes that generate the diagnosis of NLD. So kind of how you could kind of think of psychology. Psychology assumes to some degree that these are not isolated events, these symptoms, that they all have some common cause. So yeah, useful. Yeah, that is useful. Um, so I was just uh, wondering if you wanted to um, maybe say how your um, family may help you with NLD or. Yeah, sure. Um, mom's been very supportive and yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, I really appreciate the, the work that she's, she's done. Um, what does it look like though? Is, is that means, you know, as a child, you would spend hours helping, trying to navigate, you know, the, 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 the learning. Of course, the problem is, is that she wasn't a specialist. Um, so it's, it was always very challenging. Like when I was in grade seven, oh my God, I would, I'd spend like two or three, two or three hours every single night on homework. Um, <laughs> And yeah, no, she would spend hours and hours and hours basically trying to tutor me. But really it comes down to it that Andy is so complicated that it's hard for a parent, I think, to adequately support it if they don't have some kind of best practices, kind of best methods. Guideline is created um, by someone who understands it in its, in its whole. Um, and so basically, you know, you're just throwing things at, at the walls. You're trying a variety of things. You're hoping something sticks and works. And sometimes it doesn't. Like for me, I never, like, this is separate. This is, I suspect my writing deficiencies are more caused by my dysgraphia. Um, my writing has always just been abysmal. Just not abysmal, but just, just poor. It's, it works. It's good enough. Um, but there's a quality difference. Um, math, like here's a, here's a, here's you know talk about something that you know that you know I, I think you know she would have wanted to help me on, but wouldn't have had the tools. Is is I took um, a course that they were we, we were learning about graphs and how to measure criminal events using um, these graphs. And the thing is, is it's not too common that people with NLT are bad with numbers. Um, I'm not as bad as others. I guess I can be changed, but anything more than like stuff I can get away with using a calculator with, it's challenging. Um, and yeah, um, I would say that, but yeah, that those, that support kind of looked at, looked at like, you know, she would just work and try a variety of things, hoping something would work. Sometimes the word works, sometimes it would work. And I'm hoping actually to, I'm actually re-enrolling in my, in school, hopefully in January. Um, and instead of relying on her, I'm hoping to, there is um, an American tutor who specializes in learning disabilities. I'm hoping to request it as a reasonable accommodation, basically an accommodation that the institution has to provide. So they have to pay for it. I'm kind of hoping that my university will agree that's a reasonable accommodation. And I think they probably will. And I'll be requesting it so I don't have to rely on her. Yeah, it's, but I appreciate the, the work that she's done.
Imagine. You know, I, yeah. so. I was just gonna say, I would appreciate that too. Um, I hope that accommodation goes well for you. Um, I, when I was in college, I had tremendous help from my mom too. Um, she, I was, my major was sociology and she um, helped me with writing all the essays that I had to do and uh, also with proofreading them. And that helped me a lot because I, um, writing was one of, one of my weakest subjects. And it basically what was hard for me with it was trying to, um, I had all the thoughts in my head usually, but I couldn't get all of them on paper. And um, so trying to get all of them out of my brain into um, coherent sentences was sometimes challenging. Um, Ever tried the text to speech program? Yeah, I did do that and that made it easier. Um, I, I think I did that with most of my essays actually. Um, but uh, sometimes I would also uh, dictate a uh, sentence and my mom would type it for me. So that made it easier too. Um, Cause sometimes I wouldn't know the best um, word to use and she would know a better word. Um, so sometimes that was um, it also. Um, but like also sometimes I would write a sentence and I would leave a word out, but my mind would fill in the word. And I was like, oh, wait, that's right. I have to remember what my mom said is read the sentence out loud because then I would realize that the word was missing. Mm. Um, so that was a, one of the handy tools that she taught me. Um, and I, I think I still use that tool today when I'm reading my um, podcast scripts. So mm -hmm. that was helpful. It is. Um, and I also had uh, tutors for math because that was a subject that was hard for me. And um, my my parents tried to help me with math in, in uh, school before college, but it got it got to the point where it was challenging for them to help me because uh, they either was different from when they were learning it or they couldn't really help me. Um, and this this was before they knew I had NLD because we found that out when I was in college. Um, so we got some tutors to help me with the math and that went better because then they, those tutors uh, had either, either they were teaching the, the same math classes I was taking to other, uh, other people around my age. So they knew how to help um, me or they had, they had been teachers. So they were familiar with the uh, classes. Mm -hmm. You know, I find that through, when I was sitting with the Elsa, I found that all writing follows a very similar flow. All writing. Everything you write has to follow a predictable flow. You're always arguing when you write. Every single thing you write is an argument. If you put that frame in mind, um, I, you know, I was, I was trying to type out my personal statements. And these are statements that basically explain why I'm a good fit, 
for the law school and why they're a good fit for me. And part of that argument is my GPA isn't as good, and also scores aren't good. Here are the reasons, but here's why I would be a custodial student. So that's the main argument. Really, it's understanding that structure and forcing yourself to follow that structure like a point, like this, 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 because everything you write follows it. Like, I'll give you an example. Like every news article you will read will almost always tell you what the main idea is in the first paragraph, because that's how writing works in the English language. I didn't realize that. Huh. And I'm like, hey, if I just like follow this and say, hey, look, is this supporting this idea? And it helps. Um, I took a criminal, so, so criminal justice, justice is part of sociology. It's part of the, is a specific part of sociology actually. So um, it's, very, it's very useful to kind of look at things within that framework, um, but you'd have to know what that framework is. So you'd have to say like, you know, here are five different pieces of writing, but they all follow the same paths, the same structure to some degree anyways. Like no matter what you're talking about, is it about art or is it about, um, um, if you're making some art or something, writing something about history, um, everything follows it. So yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of neat. Yeah, you're right. It writing does have flow and it does usually have an argument. Um, I remember learning that the first paragraph has, is where the argument argument is. I think I learned that from my mom actually. And um, I remember when I was writing my essays, I got better at making my argument clearer and trying to refer back to it. Um, throughout the essay so that that would be clear what it was. Mm. Um, so what I was wondering is if there was something you would want to um, tell the world about NLD or the other um, challenges that you have uh, in your life, because I know you also have um, dysgraphia and um, auditory processing disorder? Well, I tell people, it's not so much I want to tell people is that change takes a lot of time. But the problem I find very generally with learning disorders is that the people impacted do not advocate. Now, there are a variety of reasons for that, but you need to start advocating. It could look like just complaining to your accessibility periodically, encouraging other people to complain, complain, complain periodically. Another way of looking, another thing is you not asking for accommodation is hurting you. No one else. If you drop out of university or college or wherever you're at because you didn't adequately get accommodation, is you didn't want to be treated any differently. Well, it's your life that's being impacted, not everyone else in your classroom that was also taking those courses. Value yourself. Don't just assume NLD. Don't, don't think, well, you know, you know, 
while everyone else is doing it a certain way thus. Well, would we say the same if you were missing two arms? Would we say, you know what? Everyone else writes with, with, with an arm. You are, you don't have two arms. I guess you're just never ever going to write. We don't. So then why do we, I don't think we, we, we need to stop saying this. I think it's be similar to Ali. Look, your brain's a little different. Not even a little different. It's a lot different. You know? Um, except that it's different. Except that, yeah, this is a disability. It is a disability because you're, you, you're working at a different way. You're thinking a different way than everyone else thinks. Again, when we look at someone with no, with, with, with a missing arm or a missing leg or whose spine has been destroyed, when we say, you know what? That's your average person there. We wouldn't. And so we need to stop it. Now, you know, I've always said, you know, because I've spoken with the people say in, in the United States and Canada, you know, they're, they're having problems with people with this. I said, well, the key thing is, is you need to be in a place with legislation or laws, basically laws that support you. So, for example, if you're in a state like the state of New York that lets you be fucked, that lets an employer fire you without any reason, as a state, I would not live in. As a state person, I would be very worried about living. I'm like, they could basically, that is, I can imagine the likelihood of you being fired because of your disability significantly higher than a place without something as ridiculous and a, 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 a backwards, frankly, as that. But once you find that place, or if you can move that place, it takes time. It takes time with yourself. It takes time working with people. It takes time working with very frustrating individuals. People who you think should have known better. That's a part of what are, well, one of my issues. I've always thought that these people should know better. They're based on the jobs. They, they should have known better. By working together with these organizations. You can, it might sound like you're compromising, and it is, and it's because you are compromising. You'd be able to help not just yourself, but others more. And these smaller changes, like with every group that's advocated, hopefully will eventually build up. And so eventually, you know, we'll have an equivalent to something like a pride march or something like that, where we have, where it's become more mainstream and more accepted. But right now, we're effectively closeted. If you have a learning disability, you, or you, you don't talk about anything about it, don't risk it. The way I look at it, though, that, it, that you can't hide it. You're NLD, you can't hide it. You're going to talk differently, even if you don't want to talk differently. You can also just isolate yourself, but that's a pretty useful way. So, so, you know, a few things I would suggest is, you know, people have higher expectations for yourself, for those around you. People mistreating you, cut them out. Two, start the advocacy. My biggest barrier in my province is I am basically alone. There aren't other people in LD complaining or learning disabilities in very general complaining at all. If there is a professor, an instructor, a teacher that is truly mistreating you, your child, anyone else, report them. Because when you don't report them, they're going to think, at the very least, they'll be hopefully in their file forever for some period of time. And, and, but if you don't, well, then they're gonna keep on 
doing it. And this is the problem. I've seen instructors and professors at my, you know, even at my university that I got that are very challenging to interact with. And but part of the problem is, is hold on, I'm sorry, it's a private number calling me. Hello? Hello? Basically, um, basically, um, um, you need to, before we can work on changing the greater society, before we can work on making this mainstream, you have to accept your disability, accept it also as a disability. No, it doesn't, no, accept that. You're not going to change it. We don't tell the blind also that, I guess, you know what, look, 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 everyone, no one else, no one can see. So, hey, you're just part of the average. To be disabled means you're not, you don't fit into the average. Doesn't make you a bad person. There are rotten people out there. You're not a rotten person. Um, accept yourself and then start reporting incidences and then slowly work. If you're a Canadian and listen to this, you are living in, in, in a country with some of the strongest human rights protections on earth. These, these things are publicly funded. So that means that if you ever file a complaint, it's publicly, that it means it won't cost you any money. And generally speaking, you can really save a lot of time as long as you connect yourself. And how would you connect yourself with, with your human rights commission? If you're an American on the other hand though, sympathy does go out to you to some degree, protections aren't, aren't as strong. Um, and it's so varying from state to state. Learn about your state protections and be very realistic. If you're a parent and it turns out your state doesn't recognize learning disabilities, it's going to be significantly more challenging than, in a, than a state that does. Um, and regardless if you're an adult or, or you're a parent or you're, or you're an adult with, with this, parent with a child with this or, or an adult with this, a lot of the work that you put in will feel like it's not getting anywhere. But that is how it was for every single group, for women's rights, for LGBT rights, etc. But it has to start. If it doesn't start, then, well, it will be 2020. And um, to my surprise, I was the one of the first or the first person with NLT at my university to bring out that they had no resources on learning disabilities. I shouldn't have been the first. It doesn't require someone to put the time I, time I was willing to put in. It just, it just, they just need to complain that these that they're being mistreated. And not even that is happening. There's some professors I've seen who actively scream at students who are still allowed to work because people don't complain. The time that you are spending being negatively impacted by this is nothing. There's very little compared to the time you could spend just writing up an email. At the very least, and if those are and those that are more interested in actual application, well, take the route I can go on and find a place with supporting laws and work with the system. It will mean filing a human rights complaint, probably. It will mean getting to arguments with people. It will mean um, walking away like you felt like you weren't heard. But eventually, you're making inches. The goal in this all is to gain inches. You might not gain the hundred feet that you thought. But if you gain five inches, that is five inches that, that you made that otherwise wouldn't have been made the next potentially five to 10 years. 
in my university, I don't believe, given their given the history, that there would have been any indication that there would then would have been resources created. But now there are. That took about a couple of years, but potentially we're looking at over the number of years, thousands of students being positively impacted by these changes. So I know it's hard, but um, keep in mind, you are with like five to 15% people. How many people are there? There are, that is about, our population is about 7.1 billion. There's about 710 potentially million people with learning disabilities worldwide. You are not alone. But you will be alone if you and if you as an individual don't say anything. It took one woman to finally say, enough I expect to be paid equally. People with learning disabilities, you should say, enough, I expect that an employer won't just discriminate against me, not hire me based on based on my, my, my disabilities, but it will, it takes someone to say enough, enough to, enough to the corruption, enough, enough to the discrimination, um, et cetera. So yeah, thank you for inviting me on this podcast. You're welcome. And you're, it's very true. You're right. It does take someone to say enough and for them to stand up for themselves and for what they deserve and what they um, should have. Um, so I definitely agree with what you said about the uh, accommodations. And uh, I want to thank you for uh, letting me have you on the podcast and uh, I enjoyed interviewing you. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope you enjoyed it uh, as oh, well. I did. Okay. Talk to you later. As I wrap up, there are some things I would like to share with you. I do have a website for this podcast. It is called livingwithnld.com. I also have a Facebook and Instagram page for this podcast. It is called Living with NLD. I will include the links for those in the description. In conclusion, I would like to hear from my audience. If you know individuals with NLD that I could interview for this podcast, please email me at livingwithnld at gmail.com. What are you interested in learning about NLD? I know I'm not an expert, but I do know I have the living experience of having it. I would like you to practice journaling about your gifts and differences. Also see if there is a way that you can make that difference become easier for you to do than it originally was. Thank you for listening today. And please go to my YouTube channel and subscribe to it. Thank you. Bye.